Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello everybody and welcome to another week's episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. My name's Michael McCall. <laughs> and I'm Lee Gillis. Well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this isn't Freaky Friday, which we may discuss later on in the show once Michael's uh, played to you a bit of a segment where I do an Americanism that he could eventually get back on me. That's totally threw name- me there. <laughs> but of course, my name's Lee Gillis. And I am Michael McCall. So I'm going to talk to you a bit about our first game of the season. Unfortunately, that's not gone the way we would have liked. We're going to talk a bit about the Scotland games, which did in fact go the way that we would like. But just before we go in and go into it, just going to say a huge thank you to our sponsors this week. And we have a new one. So big thank you to Ewan and Laura at Styla Chair. Um, Styla Chair are an events decor company based in Leaven. Ewan, unfortunately, is a big Liverpool fan, but will not hold that to his detriment. But really, really great family. Um, been on holiday with them and stuff before. Great people, and they've got a fantastic business. They did the chair covers at my wedding too, so couldn't, couldn't thank them enough for, for being great people, and thanks for your support. Also to Gordon Henderson, top man, and we appreciate your support going on. Yep, thank you so much for, for supporting us on the, the site. We hope you enjoy this episode. Although... It's not going to be a fun one to talk about. The The league season got underway today, Lee. You had the long drive up to Cove Rangers. Before we dig into the game, what did you make of the stadium? A ground I've never been to. I hope to chalk it off at some point. What did you What did you make of that? Well, it was one, to be honest, I was quite glad that I've, I've been on holiday this, or vacation this week, um, which has been quite nice. Um, so it was, it was good to go up there and, and take that one off my list. Um, it was a beautiful little setup. I must admit, from from the minute I went in, I was really impressed. An absolute nightmare to find because my sat nav oh. never took me anywhere near it. It's in the back end of an industrial estate, so it really wasn't easy to find. But it was a, a beautiful setup. Um, I, the staff were excellent, really, really friendly, very welcoming. Um, the stand was lovely. They're, they've definitely got big plans there. You could see that by the way that the pitch is laid out. They could definitely expand that stadium going forward if, if they need to, if they're going to be stealing any of the Don's fans down the line. Mm. But no, I was, I was quite impressed. Yeah, it looks a great little setup. And at some point in the future, when when folk are allowed in, you, you, can, you can say to Rachel, I'm going to take you to Balmoral for the day. And she'll be all excited, and then she ends up in Cove. Yeah, I, I think he even said, "Oh, would you like to go up to the Cove for the weekend?" She went, oh, that sounds really nice. It then does. when you take out the football, um, no, it, it definitely would not win me any brownie points, and I need as much of them as I possibly can get at the moment. Um, oh, yeah, I did. And, see, I did see your your horrible post on Facebook where you did compare your wife to a witch. Hmm. 
not totally undeserved. She has been decorating our house madly for Halloween this year because obviously we can't take the mm. we want trick or treating, not guising. Um, we can't take our trick or treating this year. So, um, yeah, but definitely a, a, a witchy element, but yeah. only because I, I just uh, wanted her dressed up in sexy costume. I think you missed my actual point of my post to to have a horrible dig at your wife. I was saying how attractive she was. Yeah, I, I got it. I just chose to ignore it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> Let's, let's get into the the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about in the show. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you through the game because I didn't see it. Because I didn't want to get up again early and give Cove £10. I, I'll say this now. I've kind of got used to not paying for football. Apart from the East Fife game that I was at back in February... I haven't paid to go into a football match for I don't know how long because I always get like media pass out here, even for the big tournament. So it sticks in my craw to actually pay money to watch a football game when I can get the free highlights later. Downside of that is we're going to talk about the game on the show before I've seen it, but I've followed along on Twitter. I've read some WhatsApp groups and some some various things. So and we'll we'll be joined as you say by by Luke and Doug later on to delve more into it. But I just wanted to throw some things at you just initially, just to kind of get you, your thoughts on it. And we'll de- dig into it a lot more uh, as we get into the the show later on. Now, overall, I knew this was going to be a tough start to the season. I, I fancy Cove to do well. I know a lot of folk all think, well, they're a promoted team, so they may be one of the weaker teams. This isn't your normal promoted team from League Two. This is a team that's got a bit of pedigree. And in Mitch Megason... They've got one of the standout players in the lower leagues. I, I'd say he's maybe even on Bobby Lynn sort of quality as to the impact that he can have in games. I felt he's going to be the difference maker for Cove this season in this game. I mean, he certainly was because he seems to have been involved in everything that, that Cove did successfully this afternoon, Lee. Yeah, best player in the park. Um, I, don't, I don't think we could, could take that away from him. He, he ran the show com- completely. Um, apart from his penalty, um, I, I don't really think he, he, he put a foot wrong all game. Really showed his quality. I think that he should be playing at a higher level. But I mean, I think it really, really early on in the podcast, Paul McManus spoke a bit about him and said he was one of the best players he played with. Yeah. And he said that, you know, he could have the potential to go up and play higher. But why would he if he's got a part time job and he'll be on good money at Cove? So, it's just, it's going to be a season of these sort of teams. You know, every team's got a star man. I don't think that there's any one, any team that I look at that we're going to play against that I'm thinking, you know, they're a team in umpties or whatever. Every one of them's got a man that's is going to stand out. Definitely. It's, he's, he's going to light up this league. I mean, he was involved in everything, as seemingly was the referee. Yeah. Absolute tool. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I really, really don't like berating referees. I, I've been a referee. I've got my referee badge. Have you? Yes. Um, that's something that I, you know, I don't want to give people additional reasons to, to berate me. Um, but yeah, I, I went past the referee course probably about six, seven years ago now. Wow. So, and, and you're wearing black tonight. Yeah. And, gold. and you're a bastard. Oh, I oh, yeah. Gold, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I do try not to give referees a hard game um, or, or 
or too much criticism, but I mean the guy had an absolute shambles. He just, you know, you'll, you'll hear me talk about it when we bring you these five TV section, but just seemed determined that he was going to be at the the star of the show. The game was so stop start, so many cards. I mean, he, he booked Scott Agnew, and what I could only assume was a, st- a case of missing a mistaken identity because I felt like he should have booked Ryan Wallace at that point, but you know. It, he just had a complete and utter shambles, um, you know, for both teams initially. I mean, Ryan Wallace conned him out of a good few free kicks. I, th- I think that he was very whistle happy and there's somewhere I would much rather see that whistle. <laughs> the, the problem with, with refs, like just in general, just refereeing in general, if you give yellow cards early in a game, I know sometimes it can set the tone as in I'm not putting up with it, with any of your shit. But it can then also, it, it just makes it worse for you because you then have to keep going with the cards. Because if you're going to be a consistent referee and you've given a card early, you have to keep going with it. And it wasn't as many cards as it maybe felt. East Five got three yellow and two reds and there was only one yellow card from what I can see for Cove. So it might have felt about that. But you did say, following along on what you were you're doing on the Glory Days Ago Twitter, which if you're not following along on match days when Lee's doing that, you really should. But it, it seemed very stop-start, you were saying. Yeah, it was just, you know, we would get in it and then there'd be a foul and then, you know, the play would build up would be a foul. So, so stop-start. When I was a referee, it was more <laughs> along the back in the day. You know, you want to let the chance of the play to flow mm-hmm. and, and actually let the game run a little bit. And there was a couple of the challenges I'm like, oh, could you let that go? You know, there are a couple of the fills that, you know, maybe with the merited look, see if you do anything like that again, I'm going to book you, mm-hmm. you know, rather, rather than just bringing the card out right away. Ah, oh, man, I just, even the I, media guys that were sitting around me were scratching their heads at some of the decisions that he was making. Um, and the amount of times I scratched my head, it looks like Freddy Krueger's been at it today because I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was witnessing. That hurts his fife when you're having stop-start because we're a team that likes to play like attractive football along the deck. So if you're stopping and starting, it's hard to get the the kind of momentum going a little bit. I would have been happy coming out of this with a with a draw. I was pessimistic to you yesterday when I was chatting about it. I tipped Cove to, to, to win 3-1. We did well. We gave away a penalty in the 34th minute. Higgins gave it away. Mitch Megason blasted it over the bar. And you're maybe thinking, oh, this might this might be an afternoon. But then the game-changing moment came in the 37th minute when Danny Denham was sent off for a, a straight red. And we'll talk about that with the, the guys later on. But was it a straight red for you? No. I think that the momentum in, in which he went in and the pace that he went in made it look worse than it was. Mm-hmm. You'll hear me say this in the, the East 5 Fan TV segment that um, Laura kindly showed me the, the tackle again and it didn't look like a, a red to me. Mm-hmm. It, it looked, you know, Danny's went in. It was a stupid tackle. There's no two ways around that. It was a tackle he didn't need to make. It was in a nowhere place in the park. But I kind of feel like it was more of a yellow than a red. But when you go into a tackle with that intensity, with that momentum, you give the referee the chance to make that decision. And when you've got somebody like Ross, he's, he's going to take it. How much do you feel it changed the game? Obviously, a team going down a man is going oh, to change 100%. it in some regard. 
it, it changed the, the game entirely. You know, it was even Stevens, Eeksy Peeksy, whatever you want to call it, in the run up to that. You know, both sides, I said that Cove probably slightly better than us in terms of going forward. But the, the sending off ruined the game because any chance that we had of imposing our style of play in the game was lost mm. due to the fact that we were chasing our tails for the rest of the match. I mean, it was like literally two minutes later, you know, the defence switches off and, and Megan's and scores. I mean, hindsight's obviously a, a great thing and it's like, it's, a, it's like what ifs and it's like if the Queen had balls, she'd be the king, all that kind of stuff. But if we'd held on at half time, and not conceded that goal so quickly after. Had a chance for Darren to get them together and regroup, maybe make some tactical changes, some personnel changes. Do you think that would have made a difference or was the writing always on the wall by that point? Did you, was it just always going to be Cove we're going to take over? Uh, trying to look at it out without blinkers. Like I say, I think that Cove were probably slightly the better team. I think that we would have had more, more of a chance if it had been 11-11, but I know that that makes sense, of course, mm. you know, that's, that's a pretty easy point to make. I don't feel like there was really a lot of creativity for us. I think there was a lot of stray passes. There was a lot of what to me looked like route one um, up to up to Ryan Wallace and Jack Hamilton, which wasn't working. And look, if, if I'm putting my cards on the table, I don't think that we were good enough, even with 11 versus 11 today. But I think that we would have still have been in the game and with the team and the players that we've got, you know, we would have had a better chance than, than ultimately what we did in the end. We'll delve into it more when we get Duggan and Luke on later on. So we'll just kind of quickly cover some of these points. So so it was 2-0, a minute before the hour mark. Meganson gets his second. Bit of controversy there because East 5 maybe should have had a, a free kick in the, the build-up to it. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Wallace gets obliterated. You know, I can't, I can't actually wait to see that one again when, when the club put the highlights up because to me it looks like Ryan Wallace gets, you know, absolutely nailed. And again, they, they just go, right, cheers, thanks, straight through, right up that right-hand channel for, for Cove or our left-hand channel, cross goal. Um, and that seemed to just be the way of it. You know, they, they capitalised on some poor decisions from the referee and, and side of things where we maybe down tools thinking we were going to get a foul. So... Uh, honestly, I, I, I really, I'm finding it really hard to be positive about that performance this week. I mean, I, I woke up as the second half was underway and I thought, oh, just get Twitter on right away, see see what the score is. And literally, as soon as I went into Twitter, stuff was coming in my homepage and it said from Cove, uh, oh, oh, it was East Fife, 2-0. It was like 14 seconds ago and I was like, well, that was worth waking up for. And it went to 2-0. But then it came through two minutes later that we tied it, or not tied it up, but we pulled a goal back. And I'm thinking, oh, excellent. And by this point, I didn't know we had gone down a man because I had just seen the score. So I thought, oh, we're still still in it. But to, to get back into it, down a man... Jack Hamilton pouncing on a, a loose ball, getting his first league goal for us. I mean, that's all positives. It showed some fighting spirit that they at least didn't put their heads down and thought, all oh, right, it's 2-0, we're out of it now. They, they kept plugging away. When Hamilton did pull that goal back, did you feel we had enough to get back on level terms or was it still looking a kind of lost cause? No, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't think Cove were great. Mm. I'm just going to put cards on the table. There was no, it wasn't like there was a golfing class or ability. 
it's just we didn't play well, and then we went down um, the men that we, we lost. So, you know, at two one, you're thinking, oh well, you know, we maybe got a chance here. You know, if, if we could create, you know, we, we showed that when Jack took his chance that we've got the firepower to do it. So the ability was definitely there. But then, you know, we, we get ourselves back in a sniff it and then Cove then score another one and then Dunsmore gets himself sent off with, with I think, 10 minutes left to go and, and what was a, a, a needless second yellow. So, you know, with 10 men, we were still in it, even at 3-1, if, we, if you know, we could have created a couple of chances, which I think what we really missed today was creativity, which, you know, we're sitting with Danny Swanson on our bench, somebody that could come and change that game. We've got five subs, unless he's not fit, which there's there's not been any communication of, you know, unless he's not fit, why not bring him on? Well, I was surprised when I saw that we waited to the last 10 minutes to bring two subs on. I mean, the, the lineup in general, I thought was a little bit kind of surprising for me, but I thought maybe there's things we don't know that's happening. Darren obviously has maybe wanted to play to, to certain st- strengths or to try and shore up some weaknesses, probably down our left side. And then when you lose Denham, you're exposing that left side more and more. And I, I guess my big worry coming from this is other teams will see that and think, right, if we attack up our right and down their left, we've got a bit of hope here. And that might need to be something that we maybe need to tinker with. Four four two, it looked to, to be what we went with, which, do you, do you see that as being the best formation for us? Yes. Right. I, I, do, I, I do think four four two depends on the shape of it, mm. um, on, on how we set up, but the, the bank four that we've got, the bank four that we've got in the middle, and then our two, two up top, it makes perfect sense to play that formation, but... Depends on obviously the style of play that we're going to impose on it. I think our left side's weak. Um, I've, I've said it for a long time now. I think that we need somebody that's going to give Pat a bit of a run for his money in the in the left back position. Um, I think that you know Darren clearly thinks that as well with the trialist that we've had in at left back. He's maybe just thought that they're not going to add anything else. But today was a game that we really needed Pat Slattery in the middle of the park but we had to use him at left back because we don't have anyone else to play there. I've said it already. I think Pat's been a great servant to the club. He's clearly a likeable guy. He's clearly a good player, but in my opinion, he's not a left back. Definitely something I feel, I mean, we talked about it before the season got underway that we need to show up. There's a couple of good left backs out here in Vancouver, but obviously you've got visas and issues with that. But if, if Darren wants the details, yeah, definitely get in touch. 442 is kind of considered in the modern game kind of like an old-fashioned system but I still think it works and funnily enough the white caps have switched to 442 for their last two games and got two wins and put themselves from nowhere back in the playoff places so I, I think it still has a role in the game if you've got the personnel to pull it off it might be a case that we're going to see different kind of formations over the, over the course of the season depending on on who we've got but I mean that that's our thoughts on the game. You got a chance to, to catch up with, with Darren after the game, Lee. So let, let's just bring you some, some thoughts from Darren just now. So Darren, a, a stop-start game probably, to say the very least. Yeah, uh, obviously disappointed with the result. Um, the performance, so again, the 10 men, the 9 men worked very hard. Um, again, we, we get ourselves back in at 2-0 and we, we get a good goal for Jack. 
get myself back to 2 1, and again, although we're still 10 men, we're still trying, we're still working hard, everybody's doing their bit for the, for the cause, and just frustrating, maybe not taking a hold on a bit more, and we go and lose another cheap goal, but um, nah, it's just we, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. It's, again, we're on downfall, and I said to the boys in there, I felt as if we beat ourselves by getting the, the sending offs, and it doesn't matter who you're playing in this league, if you've been down to 10 men now with the standard and the quality of teams, and you're putting yourself right under pressure, um, and we did that. Yeah, I think at 11 versus 11, there, there didn't seem much between the sides at all. Um, I can say something you can't. I think the ref obviously had an absolute shocker. And from having seen Danny's one again, I don't think it's a straight red. I think it's a yellow card. Must be hard, though, when you go in at half time, knowing your man down. What do you say to the boys to, to sort of try and keep them motivated going into the second half? Yeah, well, man down, and obviously, Ross Stillmock comes off injured as well, so that never helped. Um, but the same thing, Craig, you can Craig came in and did very well. Um, again, second half, we, we obviously want to stay in the game for as long as we can, but at the same time, we're pushing maybe a couple of the opportunities. Um, but again, they, they worked so hard. Um, again, 2 0, <laughs> the second goal again. Fell in the middle of the park by a mile. Yeah. Um, he plays on. He doesn't see it. Um, they get the cross in. And they get the wee break, and the guy scores. Uh, so that was strange. But to come back in again shows great character, great determination for the guys. Um, great goal, and we felt that the, the, the bits of play that we did get up to Waldo, we did get up to Jack, and yeah. play through them. Then we created a couple of chances. Yeah. And another day we maybe called another one up there. But overall, they end, they end up having the, most of the possession. Um, but it's just. It's, frustrating because you don't help yourself with what happens. Yeah. And, and what positives are you going to take? Obviously a great finish from Jack, good to get him off and running into the league. Yeah, yeah good, great great finish with Jack, I thought the two worked well, I thought the, the work rate, uh, we can take that from it. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's 11-11, you feel you're competing against them, um, the man down is kind of pushed under pressure, but no, they, they kept going, they kept working hard, um, so that's, that's about it. Perfect, thanks Dan. Cheers. Yeah, big thanks to, to Darren Young for, for giving me the time for a, a quick chat after the game today. A, a complete gentleman as always. One thing I will say is, is Darren looked visibly hurt today. He looked as dejected as I've seen him as a, as a manager. You know, he says himself there that we weren't at the races. We, we weren't um, but stupid disciplinary letdowns really ruined the game. But I think that Probably now is the best time to to bring you our East Five Fan TV segment, and, and we'll talk a bit more about the, the game in depth here. So here it is, this week's East Five Fan TV, and a huge thanks to Doug Perry and Luke Aitken who join us. So, delighted to be joined on our first ever East Five Fans TV by two fans from different eras. So we've got Luke Aitken representing the young team and we've got Doug Perry representing the um, not-so-young team. So, we're going to just talk a bit about today's game. Um, what are your thoughts, Doug? Summarise the game for us. I, I actually wrote down a wee note and I said in my head, it's probably the most anticipated first league game for years and years and years because we've had such a long gap and what a letdown that was. Um, 
Oh, that could have been that could have been five nil, like easily could have been five nil. So that was uh, I wasn't expecting it at all. So safe to say, disappointed would be the perfect word to to sum that up. I would say. Yeah. Speaking to the, the Stato himself today, Stephen Mill told us that we've not won an opening game since the 2007-2008 season. So oh, wow. that's a, there's a bit of a stat for you. That's 12 years um, of garbage on the first day. We'll, we'll go with garbage um, since we've got some younger listeners as well. What about yourself, Luke? What, what were your thoughts? Just kind of the same, to be honest. I mean, I think we've all been looking forward to this game to put down a marker for how the season's going to go. And I just think it completely failed to live up to expectations. I mean, you can say that the Danny Denham's red in the first half just completely ruined the game and it, it, it did. I mean, it completely threw off our game plan. Silly challenge, didn't need to do it. And it's just really disappointing, incredibly disappointing. So we'll stick with that then, Luke, while, while you touched on the sending off. Now, I have had the the, um, the privilege of seeing it again, um, thanks to Laura East 5 TV for, for letting me have a second look at that. I think it looks worse than it was. I don't think that it merited a straight red. His studs are pointing down. They're not sticking out as in to intentionally injure the guy. Um, but let, let's be honest, the referee today was desperate to make himself centre stage. From, from my point of view anyway um, and this card was out of his pocket by the time the guy had hit the deck so I think that he, he really set the tone and like you said you know analysed it perfectly there Luke was that that set the tone for the rest of the game what about yourself Doug did you think it was a red? I mean look probably not um, but at the same time it's a stupid area of the park to do it really it was he thundered in there. I actually think without a crowd, it, it sounded worse because it sounds, you can hear it, you know, the, the impact of it. And you can tell as soon as you see that ref do that little skippy run that they do, you knew you knew it was a red straight away. I, I don't think it was, but I thought it was a stupid tackle in a, in a pretty nothing area of the pitch, really. And, and as Luke said, it, it completely, completely changed the game. We just did, we never, ever adapted to it at all. I was just going to say, I think nowadays, if you come in at any speed in a tackle, even if your studs yeah. aren't up, the referee's just seen how quick you come in. And mm-hmm. if you come in at reckless, if he looked at it that way, even if you win yeah. the ball, you're going to probably get a red card these days, sadly. But if you, I mean, I, I, I didn't quite pick up on it, but I mean, sometimes even the, depending on how high-pitched the squeal of the opponent is, mm. it can really make a big difference. Oh, he can. can. can make a big difference. And, and I, he made him make a decision. I know that's cliche, but and refs love to make a decision. Well, you made a good point. If there's no fans and you're hearing the contact, a ref's going to hear that yeah. and think, shit, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, I heard that as a fan watching it and, and immediately you got that, oh, you know, this could be, this could be bad news, but... Yeah. The second Denham's touch went away from him, it was just like, you know what he's going to do. You knew exactly what he was going to do and he went flying straight into him. I mean, Gavin Ross has just got form for being yeah. a bit of a... I, I was yeah. going to say very un-Danny Denham, I would have thought. You yeah. wouldn't have put him down as a guy to make that kind of tackle, but, you know, whether that's just over-exuberance and getting a start for, for a guy who's probably not had a lot of football for us. It's, uh, yeah, one of these things, I guess. So I want to talk a bit about the penalty 
Now, from, from where I was, you guys will have probably had a better view of it. Although I was there, I was quite far away and I'm blind. So I want to ask what you, your guys' opinion is on the penalty. From where I was, it looked very, very soft. Was it Chris Higgins that they gave it away? I thought it was Chris Higgins. I'm pretty uh, sure it was, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll come to you, um, Luke. Penalty or no penalty? You know, it was actually quite hard to see on the video because the video quality itself was quite good. But I think at that point, it just kind of just struggled to catch up with the player a bit for me, I think. And I think Higgins just did stick a leg out and it just he just went straight through it. And again, Gavin Ross will make a, make a call right there and then. And that's definitely going to be a penalty. So, yeah, for me, it was Stonewall, I think. Dick? Yeah... Similar to look there, it was quite hard to see. I, I was actually watching my mobile phone, so um, my eyes were going a bit uh, crazy by the end. Um, th- there just seemed to be a little panic, sort of 30 seconds. It was sort of tackles, blocks, trying to get put in quite a lot. I didn't see mass protests from the team, which would sometimes suggest that it maybe was. Um, but what a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, like I said on uh, the Twitter feed, I think that, you know, if somebody was at the Inverness Cali ground, they'd have been ducking for that one because that yeah. is an absolute belter. As, as bad yeah. a penalty as I've seen at this level, you know, as yeah. the, aside the people trying to panenka or anything like that, it was absolutely horrendous. But, you know, you, you made a valid point, you know, that, that really could have uh, killed the game at that point. I want to move on and I want to talk about something that we spoke about already, Gavin Ross, and really put himself at the, the forefront of the the stage today if you want to put it any other way and I've seen less cards in a card shop you know it was absolutely ridiculous it looked like any excuse that he was going to have to to bring the book out he was going to do it he booked Scott Agnew um, fairly early on in the first half for nothing from what I've seen you know it's his right as a captain to speak to the ref you know and he approached the ref because he didn't agree with the decision he brings out the card then Ryan Wallace gets one just at the back of that. It just seemed like he, he was determined to take centre stage today is, is the summary of my point. Doug? Uh, absolutely, but that's true with a lot of refs. The only thing I would then say was how unbelievably naive were the players to get involved in all that sort of stuff. You know, I mean, the refs, if you know the refs going to be a guy who's going to book players for next to nothing you've got to just be more savvy and switched on. And, and I mean, as a collective, the, the sort of heads goneness of that game was, I've not seen for a long time. It was just, it was bizarre and it was frustrating because you're right. I mean, soft was definitely the word, but you've got to, you've got to adapt to that and realise, right, we, we're not going to get away with anything here. Let's not try it. Um, but, you know, we're, we're used to that kind of refereeing at this level, sadly. Um, so nothing yeah. hugely new. No, I, yeah. I hope to God there was an observer there. I had to hope to to, to have had an observer there, um, purely for. I, I kind of feel like the ref just he just lost control of the game so so early on, and where he could have maybe let a few tackles go, or let the momentum and the play build, it just didn't happen. Um, what about yourself, Luke? You got anything that you want to add to that? I mean, I didn't actually notice it was Gavin Ross refing until. I didn't see like, the pre-match stuff about who the referee was and I saw his belly and I just went, that's just the tall referee, that's Gavin Ross. <laughs> yeah. And I'd remember he's chronic every time we get him. Every single time we get him, he's always the exact same. 
But like you said, though, naive was a, was a great word to use for the players. We gave him so many opportunities to book us. And what I think, was it four yellows and two reds today in total? Something like that. Yeah, it's bound to be there and thereabouts. Start of the season, we shouldn't be giving away that many opportunities to get ourselves cautioned so early. And like I said, it's just so disappointing because we all expected so much better from the start. I've got a so, question for you, Lee. Okay. How difficult was it for you to be sitting in the stand watching that and keep your gob shut? I didn't. <laughs> oh, I, I think, I think you're meant to. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, you know, I had my glory days ago Facebook mask on. I wasn't making any bones about who I was there um, to, to support. And, you know, it, don't get me wrong, I, I probably kept a, a much tighter mouth than I, I perhaps normally would in football. <laughs> but, you know, the, even the media team around me were in complete dismay at Gavin Ross' performance today. Um, and... <laughs> At times where you know one of the guys sitting behind me went, "Is he for effing real?" And 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 I, I even said it on Twitter. You know, I, I like to try and give a completely impartial opinion on Twitter. You know, call for the better team. I said that early on, and um, even when it was 11-11, I would say that we were about even, but Cove were probably edging it at that point. Um, but he made some horror calls for for um, for both sides. I mean, Ryan Wallace conned them out about three free kicks. There were never free kicks, so. It, as a whole, I think it's safe to say Gavin Ross was terrible. But yes, Michael, to answer your question, um, I did not manage to keep my mouth shut. But, you know, I'll, I'll get on maybe better with experience down the line, particularly when we beat Cowden and we scored and I got up and I was jumping up and down and realised, oh, yeah, shouldn't be doing that. Just sit, sit right back down. <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit about positives. And um, This is probably going to be the most difficult part. Um, look, try not to roll your eyes. Um, I want to try and talk about positives. I'm going to say one thing that I'm going to try and take the positive from this is Jack Hamilton. I think that Jack made himself a, he's given us a bit of a presence up front. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a big lad. He, he's not easily pushed off the ball. I thought that, you know, when the, the chance presented itself, granted it was gifted, he snuffed out the danger right away, straight through, and a brilliant finish for the goal. We can't take his goal away from him. I thought it was excellent. What about yourself, Doug? Have you got any positives you could take? Yeah, like you say, Lee, I'd be surprised if anyone says anything other than Jack Hamlin's goal. It was very well taken. Um, God, yeah, the positives. Um, yeah, it wasn't 4 or 5 nil. It's the only other thing I can say. Um, yeah, Hamlin's goal was a big, was a big positive. Um yeah, that's all, that's all I have. <laughs> I hope this isn't going to set the tone for the season because I don't, I don't know, know if anybody's seen the guy on Twitter that David Neary's toe poker or whatever. I was giving him pelters for saying he was going to put us ninth. So, um, yeah, uh, let's hope that that doesn't set the, the tone for the season. What about yourself, Logie? Any positives to take? Uh, honestly, I think, again, Jack Hamilton did play really well, I thought. He took his goal well. Um Aside from that, not particularly. I actually thought Slattery didn't do too bad. I mean, he was awful for the third goal, I thought, when he got absolutely turned inside out by McIntosh. Uh, by, was it McIntosh? McIntosh, yeah. McIntosh, that was awful. But, I mean, I suppose that's why we got in Aidan McLaughlin as a backup, because hopefully he can't be any slower than batters. Um, yeah. I think that Aidan's going to be more of a signing for the middle of the park, to be honest. I still think that we're desperately lacking somebody at left back um, you know we brought Daniel Church in last season he was brutal um, and yep. for some reason I've seen that he's a way to get signed by Dundee 
how. And here's another positive that I wrote down. Brock Watson. Aren't you glad that we didn't sign him? Because he came on and looked absolutely as shocking as I remember him. So at least we didn't sign him. Um, in terms of another positive, I'm going to give a few players some call-outs that I, I thought did their best. And I'm going to say Brett Long. Brett kept the score respectable with some some really, really good saves. He was really unlucky for Leighton McIntosh's third one. He got a hand to it. I thought he came, I think he commands his, his box really, really well. He made, made some brilliant, brilliant saves that, that like you said, um, Duke, it could have been four, five, six, had it not been for Brett. The other person I'm going to give a call out to is Chris Higgins. I kind of feel like the, the scoreline wasn't reflective of his performance today. I, I felt that, you know, the penalty aside, it, it looked a soft one, but, you know, he won some important tackles for us, got some important challenges in when, when we needed them to. Anybody else in terms of going to get pass marks for you guys? I thought Dunlop was quite good in the first half. I felt a bit sorry for him that he got hooked at half time. So I thought if they were going to take anybody off, it was going to be Higgins to take someone off at the back. But I couldn't tell you why it was decided that Dunlop was moved. He was injured. Um, Yeah, I was speaking to Darren after the game. Ross has got a a wrist injury, which is a reoccurring to one that he's had before, which was why he was injured. That was Um, last season. Yeah, no break as well. Yeah, so that looks like it's potentially flared back up again. What about yourself, Doug? Um, yeah, I mean, I, actually, the, the the commentator on the Cove TV, I can't remember his name, BBC Scotland guy, he was actually quite good. Um, he, he was quite sort of praiseworthy of the defence, the first sort of half hour anyway. Pretty solid. The pressing generally was good, although I thought Cove were very good at beating the press. I know you hear about that in the sort of bigger leagues, if you like, but I thought they did that very well. But Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think defensively we were we were pretty solid. I mean, the, the sending off, I hate saying it, but I mean, it, it shouldn't change the game that much, but it, it was massive, wasn't it? it really was. Yeah, like I said it earlier on, it was very eeksy-peeksy in terms of, you know, we, we had a couple of early chances, they had a couple of early chances, but the sending off completely changed the game. And then when we go back to the referee, for the second goal, I don't know if you remember, but Ryan Wallace gets absolutely mullered in our third. Nothing given. They go up the pack and score. Then the two other goals are from, you know, the sending-offs, from what I remember. You know, just quick out to the flanks goal. Um, so it's, it's, look, I think that there's no bones about it. It was a frustrating game. So I'm going to ask you about somebody that's making their sort of full league debut. I could potentially be wrong and somebody will call me out on it, but I want to talk a bit about Liam Newton. So, guy got in the goal um, sheet last week against Wraith. I thought that the game kind of passed him by a bit today. Um, and it's not a criticism, you know, he's finding his feet in the division. He's clearly a talented young boy. He's, you know, Scotland um, schoolboy cap and stuff and, and a player that I know that Dan and Tony hold in really high regards, but I kind of felt like that the game definitely passed him by today, Look. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't think he really played badly or played well. He was just kind of there. I mean, obviously, he looks like a great league player uh, from what we've seen so far. I mean, to get a goal against the Rovers and your, basically your first full game is amazing. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Agnew was getting much help from him in the middle of the park a lot. Um, but, again, that will come with experience. I mean, the more game time he gets, the better he'll become. That's just the simple way of it. Um, so hope. I mean, obviously, I know Davidson was. I'd forgotten Davidson got the red card against Airdrie last season in the final game. So I didn't know he was out until today when I saw the team sheet. Um, 
so that was the reason why he was obviously starting. So okay, yeah, I was I, confused I, by that. Yeah, passed him by, but what about yourself, Doug? Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, I don't want to say he looked a little lost, but I think at times he, yeah, did kind of pass him by. I think it also shows for me, Ross Davidson's. I think he's one of our most key players. And I think when when he's not playing and you lose that steal in midfield, yeah, because he allows your Agnews and hopefully Swanson, whatever's happened to him, you know, to play. Um, and I think when he's not there, you miss that. That's yeah. where you kind of that's where you wonder whether a Slattery in that situation should play holding midfield or Murdoch or someone to give a bit of dig because I, I, I felt a wee bit sorry for the kid. I just think he just seemed. He, yeah, just a little lost, and and Agnew wasn't having his greatest game because he wasn't able to. So it just we just never got to grips with midfield from minute one, really. Yeah, I think that you know I'm going to try and do our best to, to summarise the performance, and then I'm going to come to you as three or three to ones if you could do your best to try and pick that. And I know don't don't look too scared, Doug, but you know I was disappointed with the performance. I felt like there was a lot of slack passing. Looking at it objectively, there was a lot of long balls up to Ryan Wallace, who, let's be honest, isn't the tallest guy in the world. I, I don't understand why that was our, our ethos, unless the plan was to get in behind the defence. But for me, the big guy at the back, I think it was Ross for them. Just he just he mopped up everything. He just made he just he just strolled it at the back, apart from the mistake. Um, which led to our goal. I thought that Cove were resolute. You know, the, the, their back four were excellent. Mitch Meganson just proved why he's, you know, one of the highest rated players in the lower leagues. I was delighted to see Ronnie McAllister on the bench because, like I said, he always scores against us. So I was glad that he didn't come and get one. I think that, look, I, I touched on it a wee bit before the show. I, I think that Pat Slattery needed a lot of help today. Um, Leighton McIntosh is a, is a quick player. Um, and every time that it was one on one, it just looked like McIntosh had him on toast. I think that that's where Danny Denham was probably the ideal player to play alongside Slattery today to, to help double up on him. But obviously, we didn't get the, the luck with that. I think as a whole, we probably just need to press the reset button and, and go again next week um, against Montrose, who also got a player sent off today. But I mean, our, our squad next week, you know. If we get any COVID situations, we're already going to be down to our bare bones. This was something that crossed my mind on the way down when I heard that um, the St. Mun game was off. If we get any of those sort of situations, you know, we're already going to be duns more out. If Swanson's carrying a knock and he's still not fully fit, we're going to be denim out. You know, if um, Ross Dunlop's uh, wrist injury is as bad as I think, that's four players before we've kicked the ball next week out of our squad that we're going to be missing. So those four players aside, Doug, how would you like to see us line up next week? Um, well, first, first thing I would say, after the game, the first thing I thought was, next week's massive, like so early, <laughs> because you've got Falkirk away the following week. And you, you, it's amazing when you're in a positive mind frame, you start looking at games and going, well, we'll win that, we could win that. And then as soon as you switch it, you're like, Oh right, shit! This is quite a big game. Oh, that's a, you know we're going to struggle there. So I think it's a big, big game. Um, look, we've got a pretty big squad though, and we talked to you guys talked about it in the pod quite a lot about how we've got a deep squad. So that this is when you've got people have got to stand up and 
and be counted. Whether they change formation, you might have to go one up front to try and get more bodies in there. I don't know, but um, it's a big game. It really is. Um, yeah, if you talk about the squad depth, which I think is good, it then surprised me that we didn't make more subs and we waited until the last 10 minutes when we were two goals down before we bring a couple of guys on. So if he isn't comfortable maybe with the depth, that's going to be maybe a bit concerning. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought, I was surprised how after the red card, how we, we kept two up front and, mm. and, you know, left everything a little vulnerable. I was quite surprised at that. Um, and like like Lee was saying, I know we're, I'm still harping on about this today, today instead of next week, but yeah, just too many long balls. We just didn't play football. We sometimes do that on, our, on artificial pitches, even though we've got one. I always notice. Um, but yeah, it was it was at times a wee bit aimless. But as I say, that hats off to Cove. Um, yeah, we either we either go a little tighter next week or or, or flip it completely. Swanson, it would be interesting just to even know what's what the deal is. You know, is he yeah. is he injured? Or, I, I I remember mentioning that on Pine Brother last year and getting slated for it about how I always feel the club's really bad at telling the fans what's happening with certain you know, players if they're injured. or And people were saying, oh, that just tells the opposition what's happening. But, um, I yeah. think I was involved in that, uh, Brian Bottles. Oh, probably, probably <laughs> flagging me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a concern about Swanson because he was injured a lot at St. Johnston. So, I mean, that yeah. was a genuine concern that was raised when we signed him especially playing on an artificial pitch. It's like, what's that going to be? And we asked him that and he said he's no he's no concerns about it. But hopefully this isn't the start of him starting to get injuries with us. Yeah. What about yourself, Luke? If you had to write the 11 for next week, how would you like to see us line up? Um, well, if you say the Dunlop's out for however long, um, I would say that Watson would go into the centre-back pairing with Higgins. Yeah. Um, Murdoch still at right back, Slattery at left. I'm going with four four two. I, mean, I think that was the exact formation we played today with four four two. Um, in the middle, Davidson with Agnew, and then I suppose Watt and um, Swanson, whichever side uh, Darren goes for, and then again up top with Ryan and um, and Hamilton, um, and hopefully. Yes, Montreal, because that is like we, our opening games. When I saw the fixture list getting announced, it was kind of like, Christ, that's a tough opening few games. Yeah, because Montreal's at home, who going by last season were our closest rivals for fourth, and now with Cove being back up, I mean, I think people were sort of slightly underestimating how Cove are going to be in this league. Um, with it's just because the fact they've just come up from League Two. I think they will be fighting for for a promotion this year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Definitely. Because they, they have got an, a very good side. And they are full-time. Yeah. Correct in saying that. I wasn't sure about that. I was wondering about that myself. I, I mean, I, I fancy them for third, I've got to say, behind whether it's Partick or, or Falkirk, then them third. Then we're in a battle with Airdream and Trolls for that fourth spot. Yeah. I don't think Cove are full-time, by the way. Are they not? Yeah. I think they're potentially. I think they're potentially hybrid, because ah. if, you, if you want to think about um, Rory McAllister and all the full time opportunities that he had down the line, um, and he knocked them back because I'm sure he's a he's a tradie of some sort. So yeah, I, 
think you're right, Lee. I, I think Fraser Fivey was in the same boat. I think he he stepped down to part time, but he reportedly on you know five six hundred quid a week at least. Yeah. I think yeah. I actually think today's results in general showed how tough this league's going to be. I think mm-hmm. Clyde being Partick was was a yeah. big result. Although when you when you read some of the Partick fans' views, they're immediately very unhappy with McCall and worried generally about how they're going to do. Um, uh, who else won today? Falkirk, obviously a good result away. Airdrie pretty comfortable apparently against Peterhead. So I think it's, I think it's uh, as I say today. It's amazing how, like you were saying at the, at the top there, Lee, about this was a real chance to put down a marker and let all the other teams go. Right, holy shit, East Fife are going to be good, you know. Yeah, but, but I don't think that it would have mattered who we got in opening fixture because I look at every game and go. You know, that's, that's you know, you're, yeah. you're literally kissing your teeth every time you're seeing who we're playing because you're like, right, okay, you know, Peterhead, good side, Airdrie made some big signings, Cove, good side, Partick, good side, Falkirk, good side, Montrose, good side, Dumbarton, and the Gravy Mugs. So you're thinking it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult season no matter who we play and whenever we play them. So I, I, I was surprised, I was surprised how good Cove were, to be honest. I, I, I thought they would be good, but. I often think there is still a gap when you come up, you know, from League Two to League One, and I, I knew they'd be good and competitive. They were, they were very impressive. Were Cove good or were we shy? Oh no, we were, we were pretty poor. Like, don't get, don't get me wrong, but like uh, Jamie Masson's a great player at this level uh, that they got from Montrose. Um, they just, uh, they look strong. They'll be hard. They'll be, they'll be definitely up there. There's no doubt. Yeah, also I missing two, two key players and Seb Ross yeah. and Fivey as well weren't even playing. Yeah. And Ross on the bench. Seb's passing Ross. I think so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Am I getting my names mixed up? Ross started. Ross started. 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 Right, oh, okay. But there was also a Ross on the bench. Yeah. So, so they've two got two Rosses. Two, too many Rosses. <laughs> it's yeah. a common name up there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're all probably related as well. Yeah, so, there's a whole like, county off them, apparently. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right, let's move on from that quickly before we might change up anything else. So, Doug, I'm going to come to you first. Three, two, one, please. Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he I've, gets three uh, points. I know, yeah. I, I've I got to uh, get three points for driving up there to watch it. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you absolutely should. I should get a few points for paying a tenner for it as well. Yeah. Um, I'll give one point to Brett Long. Uh, like you said, one of the few guys you could say didn't really do anything wrong for a start. Uh, two points I've given to Chris Higgins, kind of for the first half hour, but uh, slightly before penalty. Um, I think he's very underrated centre half. He's a really good player, uh, and and I've got to give three points to Hamilton for. The, the sort of only bright spark really of the of the game and what was a great finish. Yeah. So, yeah. I am going to go for the same for number one upon point. Uh, Brett Long did play really well with the saves he made, just really unlucky with the goal from, from McIntosh. Uh, two points I'm going to give to Murdoch. Thought he played pretty well for when he was asked and called upon. Um, and then, yeah, three for Jack Hamlin. I think that's been a on, from what we've seen so far, really good signing for us um, to replace what Anton, uh, well, since he went to Falkirk, we've needed that big player up front and it looks like he's more or less a kind of carbon copy of 
what we experienced with Anton. So looking forward to seeing what he can provide for the rest of the season. Cool. Well, I think that we're going to be pretty much all fairly similar. Um, one point to me, Chris Higgins. Um, I felt like Chris, you know, the, the only reason he's not getting higher is because of the penalty. Thought that he was he was pretty solid. Um, two points for me. He's got to go. Brett Long kept the score down in three against. So it's got to go big, Jack, isn't it? You know, the, I kind of felt he had a thankless task today. Um, but you know, it, it just shows that good strikers need one chance. And he took it. So I think he had another chance, but he, he, he put it sort of straight down the, the goalkeeper. But you want to know what? I think that with somebody like Kev Smith on his side to sort of talk him through a game, I think that we maybe see a wee bit more from him. But that's that. So finally, Montrose predictions. Look. Uh, Just before we get to that, can I ask something and then we'll do that finally? Yeah. Um, so, so my last thing I want to ask is, what do you like coming to this? We're obviously excited. How are you feeling now about the season? Has this been a kind of reality check? Are you a bit more concerned than you were, or are you just putting this down as a, a bad day at the office? Wish I hadn't started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that up when I was watching it at the end of it on Twitter. I was like, this could be a long season. <laughs> yeah. First thing I mentioned to leave was good luck with the pod this week. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll uh, I'll take that one. Um, I, I think it's definitely a reality check. I think it's hundred percent. I think it's um, I think it's maybe it's maybe not a disastrous result in terms of. Yeah, do you think the players maybe believed a little bit hype? I'm not I'm not sure who provided that hype. Maybe it's us or or. I, I th- I, what concerns me is the our growth comparison, where it's that you know yes. team solid team and oh we'll keep going with the same team and then they did well. I, I just think it's going to be a hell of a tough league. Yeah, I think that that's my fault. The our growth comparisons I've been saying it for a long time, and I'll I'll just take a cup off SPFU um, fairly fairly quickly. Um, I'll take it next, Mike, and then we'll go past it a look. Um, I think reality check is probably the right idea. Back to earth with a bang post-COVID. You know, we'd sat in the, the, the top half of the table. We thought, well, here's the new boys. We'll come and show them what we're about. Um, and it just didn't work that way. Um, I think that they've got to literally, and I've said it already, press a reset button and really, you know, turn the collars up and, and go hell to leather next week to prove a point that you want to know what, you know, the bookies have got us as second favourites for the ninth spot. You know, other people are talking about us for ninth spot. I think that we are too good for that. And if I was um, Darren and Tony next week, you know, I actually said, Tony, the thing for that guy, the, the Navy's Toe Pokemon, I meant this should be what's slapped up on the, the team wall next week. You know, the same with the bookie stuff. You know, that's what people think of you. Go out and show them that they're wrong. And we didn't do that today. Well, they went out and showed them something. Look, yeah, I think reality check is probably correct. I mean, I think during the pre-season stuff, I think we saw our performances and we were thinking, well, we're going to be challenging here. We're going to definitely be in the playoff mix. And obviously we wanted to win in the first game, but perhaps losing to Cove is maybe a good thing in the long run. I know it's kind of a cliched thing to say that, but... It's it's so hard to because like we say we have not won it. When was the last time we won an opening game in a season? Two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. According to Steve, now that's mental. I mean, I th- I hope Darren has gone through them today after that game. P- 
particularly on the disciplinary stuff, because that's just that should we 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 should know by now. We should know by now that we don't need to get involved with silly yellow cards and silly challenges that are going to get a red card. Um, so yeah, hopefully next week the players know what's expected of them to go out and make amends for what happened today. But I don't know for a prediction. Um, I would probably say one-one. I'm going to go two one five. Hamilton and Wallace. I'm being a bit of a pessimist. I'm forever the optimist. Doug, prediction <laughs> for next week. Um. Yeah, apparently Montrose are very good today and very lucky against Falkirk, according to Falkirk fans. I will match yours, Lee. I'll go 2-1 and I'll go with a freak Ross Davidson and another Jack Hamilton Thunderbolt. Okay, Michael? I'm going to go 1-1. I'll be a bit pessimistic. I'll just point out to you guys, because you won't know this, that I said to Lee yesterday, 3-1 win for Cove. (laughs) Well done. I didn't think it was going to be because we had two guys sent off, but I wish I'd put some money in that. But no, I think 1-1, Hamilton will continue his streak. I'll go for Chris Higgins, absolute pile driver. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you so much for for both coming on. Dougie, I I had the sort of strong arm yet to do it, and I know you start work at half three, but... No, no, bedtime. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Please later on. Cheers, guys. Once again, big thanks to, to Luke and Doug for joining us. And if you're interested in featuring on his Five Tap Fan TV in the, the weeks coming up, just drop us an email at glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. Always looking to get a different perspective of different people. I don't want it to be the same people every week. Not that Luke and Doug weren't great, but it's always nice to get a, a varying opinion and different voices and different guests. So, or even if you've got somebody that you want to suggest, um, definitely get in touch. So, quick look around the rest of League One. Some big results, Clyde beating Partick, which, you know, was a, was a bit of a surprise for me, 1-0. Um, Montrose and, and, and Falkirk, Montrose went down to 10 men. Dowd started, but didn't score. But, so it finished 3-1 uh, Falkirk. Then we had um, Airdrie beating Peterhead, 2-0. Um, and then Forfar and Dumbarton played it a 0-0. So next week, we, we welcome Montrose to Bayview in our, our first home game of the season. And like we touched on there, it was it's it's a big one. You know, these are these are the, the sort of teams that we really need to beat. You know, I think that the first three places, and again, in my opinion, will be spoken for with Falkirk, Partick, and Cove. I think they'll be the, the three strongest um, teams. So really, it's a, a scrap between the rest of us for that fourth place. What what's your thoughts? Do you think that we'll go on and, and we'll beat Montrose? I personally do think that we've got the beating of them, looking at their squad man for man, winning the individual battles. It's going to be tough with the players that we've lost, but again, our, our, our squad is, is strong and, and I fancy us for a win. See, I, I I think we struggle against teams like Montrose. Just in general, like recent results, I wouldn't be surprised with a draw. Went went with 1-1 there in, a, in our chat where we're looking Doug. And... I, I don't know. I mean, we know that this is a quality team and they did well against Cowden, they did well against Wraith, even though they lost, some defensive slips kind of cost them the, the draw in that one. But I mean, as, as we talked about there, big game. It's week two 
and it's already a big game because these are the teams that we have to beat if we're going to finish in the top four because, yeah, I, I see the top three as well. It should, on paper, be, I would have said Partick first, then Falkirk, then Cove. I mean, who knows? Cove could be some, some surprises. Falkirk could be strong. Falkirk might be the favourites now in, in the division. But then you're battling it out for me with Airdrie. I don't even know if we're battling it out with Montrose, to be honest. But, I mean, are Clyde going to be good this year? Was that a one-off for them today? There's just so many unanswered questions just now. And it's a shorter league season as well, which you've got to remember. So there's less games. So you fall behind early. Trying to play catch-up is tough in, in, a, in a shorter league season. And if you look at the really worst-case scenario, say the season gets curtailed because there's another big spike and then they go with points per game again. You've got off to a slow start, you're screwed. You get off to a really slow start, you're relegated. Yeah, I think that there probably is a, a governing body in Scotland. We need to look at how that's going to how we're going to do that because there's not really been any announcement that I've seen anyway, a plan B if that yeah. happens again. It's probably something that, and that's a great point, Michael, that we need to look at. But in Darren Young's initial chat with us, he talked about splitting the, the season in uh, sort of quarters and getting your points per quarter. You know, we're already minus three points and we're already a, a quarter down with, with the, the, there only being three quarters of uh, games this season. So it's going to be tough. We, we've said that very, very early on, it was never going to be a walk in the park. Reality checks happened. And like I've said several times in the, these five fan TV section, reset button and we need to go again against Montrose. I mean, it's one game and it's against a strong team. We had two guys sent off. The second one you can't really count because we're already 3-1 down by that point. So next week's our test. Next week shows what we are how competitive we are, where our weaknesses are for me. The week after, we're travelling to Partick. I genuinely don't know how much home field advantage is going to come into it, though, this year, because you don't have the fans there, but you do have travel. A big trip to Cove, Cove's going to get an advantage with that because teams are going to be tired. No matter when they've travelled, they're still going to be tired. But, like, trips to to Partick and an hour on a bus or something, it's not really that that much you're playing at a different stadium I don't think teams have that big advantage of being at home anymore we might have an advantage with having an artificial pitch that's why next week again absolutely massive for us although Montrose are obviously used to, to artificial pitches as well well if you want to think about it I don't think that the artificial pitch is as much of an advantage as it was because it's plastic at Clyde plastic at Cove mm. plastic at us plastic at Montrose yeah. Um, so there's off the top of my head that's already four of the yeah and worryingly teams that would be hoping that you could maybe take the points off as well because yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while since I've been to some of the other um, grounds in the league but I think that really Peterhead I, I think they still play on grass I think so um, Falkirk I think is plastic um, oh really Partick's grass. I'm sure that Falkirk are plastic. So, I mean, like, let's, it's not the advantage as it was, you know, maybe six, seven years ago where, you know, the, there was only a few teams with plastic pitches. But 
I, I still think that, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's one game in. Yeah. There's one game in. We've got a great squad. We've got a fantastic manager. We've got a great assistant manager. We've got a good youth selection behind us as well. I love what the club's doing with the community things. And, you know, I was speaking to uh, uh, Tony McMinn, who's going to come on and speak to us a bit about what the club are doing in the community coming up. So I think that there's definitely, there's so many positives. Try not be downbeat. Let's not berate the boys. Let's not be all over social media saying that we're an SH1T or any like that sort of stuff. It's one game. We're never going to go a full season unbeaten. Cover a strong side. Let's go again. Also, I'd like to get some feedback from the guys that watch the game on the stream. Just the quality of it, because I've, I've been hearing some mixed stuff. A lot of folk had some sound issues. A lot of folk had trouble getting it to, to, to work at first. Um, it's another Pixelot stream. Next week's obviously fine. A danger for all clubs is if you get off to a bad start and the team's not doing well, fans are going to be like, oh, I'm not going to pay to watch that. I'll just watch the highlights later. So fans might be withholding money and clubs right now, unfortunately, need all, all, all the money they can get. So that's a, that's a big danger for me for a lot of the teams that get off to bad starts as well. There's one game, especially at a tenner. You don't want to yes. be paying a, paying a tenner and, and getting a lottery. If you pay a fiver, you're maybe a bit more like, Oh, it's worth a punt, it's what you'd stick in an accumulator on a Saturday, you know what I mean? But certainly, yeah. 10, 10 pounds is an expensive one to pay if you're not going to get the quality. And watch Falkirk try to charge 20 quid in a few weeks' time. Yeah, although uh, Falkirk had a, a free stream during the week, which uh, I believe they're not actually meant to be doing. Find them. Take 10 points. <laughs> but if, if everyone wants to do free streams, fantastic. We'll, we'll have a very in-depth show. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see how that goes. Get all my screens going at once. But yeah, good luck for next week. We'll be back chatting about that in next week's show. But everyone's going to be really excited now. Let's, let's bring the mood up, Lee. It's time for me to pick this week's Have You Heard. Are you excited? No, because you've told me what it is and how it sounds. And... Again, for our listeners out there, you know, Mike's only here because he could edit, let's be honest, right? That's the only reason that we invited him on. His music taste is horrendous. You know, when we interviewed um, Doug Perry there, he says that, you know, he wants a little less punk put on. Um, I, I full and wholeheartedly support that shout, but you want to know what? Let's, let's hear Michael's choice for this week and please accept my wholehearted apologies on behalf of all the team of Glory Days at Gold. What well, with this week's song is not actually punk. So I'm bringing you a band that hail from Dundee and Fife. And Lee, you you haven't heard of this band. They're called Glory Hammer. They, they a new name to you? Are they plagiarising in our podcast name? Should we be soon, no? Well, I thought you would like it because A, it's got glory in the title. Also, they sing songs based around Fife. Okay. So, so far, we're on to a winner. The, the lineup is Angus McFife, the 13th, the Crown Prince of Fife on vocals, Sir Proletius, Grand Master of the Death Knights of Crail on guitars, the Hootsman, Astral Demigod of Unst on bass, Zargothrax, the Dark Emperor of Dundee on keyboards, and Ralathor, the mysterious submarine commander of Cowdenbeath on drums. D- does that not do it for you yet? Feel free, everyone, to fast forward through this section. 
Um, Michael will clearly have it marked out when the, this section it, it starts and ends. So if you don't want to listen to this, <laughs> please feel free to skip it. Because <laughs> if that's if that's selling it to you, then listen. If it's not, then it's probably for good reason. Well, I'm picking a song from their debut album. They've got three albums out, Lee. Their most recent one came out in 2019, Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex, <laughs> which I'll just read you the blurb for their recent album. It says, And lo, planet Earth had been destroyed by the Hootsman with an explosion so powerful it ripped a hole in the very fabric of space-time. And yet, Zargothrax was still not defeated, for he managed to use his last shreds of power to escape through the dimensional rift. Vowing to defeat the evil sorcerer Angus McFife Thirteenth, he followed him into the portal with no idea of where it might lead. Hopefully it leads to the bland splitting up. <laughs> oh to God, because this sounds terrible. Well, oh, it- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, right, you have got my word. I'm going to listen to this song in its entirety, and if it's as terrible as it sounds, I promise from now on to our listeners that I will take over Have You Heard going forth, even if it means that I've got to put the cheeky girls on each week. That's fine. I'll spare you from how terrible this sounds it's going to be. Well, this is a good song. It's from their debut album. The band described themselves as nuclear-fueled, high-velocity, heroic power metal, the likes of which you've never heard in your life. Well, thank goodness our section is called Have You Heard? Because I think mm. the majority and the resounding answer to this is going to be no and hopefully never again. Do you know, I got switched on to this band by somebody for, here in Vancouver. Really? Mm-hmm. They've got a big, big following. They've played at massive festivals in Germany in front of thousands of fans. Anyway, here's the song for tonight. It's from their debut album and it's called Hail to Crail.
Glory Hammer there. This week's Have You Heard selection? That was Hail to Krail, taken from the band's debut album, Tales from the Kingdom of Fife, that came out in 2013, features some fantastic tracks such as Anstruthers' Dark Prophecy, The Unicorn Invasion of Dundee, and Beneath, Cowden Beath. If you like that, and why wouldn't you? You can also check out their second album, released in 2015, Space 1992, The Rise of the Chaos Wizards, and 2019's release, Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex. Lead singer Christopher Bowes, Angus McFife, is also from the Perth band Storm that some of you might know. They were a, a band that had a pirate theme, so obviously big on their themes, and Glory Hammer's theme is basically just all about this different version of the Kingdom of Fife. I'm sure some of you all have enjoyed that. I know some of you will not have. But as my gran always used to say, this now is queer as folk. But from a section that I'm sure has some mixed reaction, let's bring you one of everyone's favourite sections on the show now. And he may not have made more than a cameo appearance in the league opener against Cove Rangers this afternoon, coming on in the last 10 minutes. But let's lift the mood now and find out if East Fife captain Kevin Smith fancies a chocolate digestive. So you're sitting at, at home, Kevin, and you decide to have a hot beverage. What would be your hot beverage of choice? Would it be a tea, a coffee, or something else? Uh, coffee, probably. I like, I like a cup of coffee. Um, so definitely, coffee. And do you have a sweet tooth? Are you much of a biscuit fan? Definitely, yeah. Uh, me and my wife both sit most evenings with some chocolate and a cup of, a cup of coffee, so yeah. I didn't think that was the, the life of a footballer to be sitting in the chocolate <laughs> most evenings. I could be a footballer then. <laughs> well, let me, she probably eats most of it, but it's always sitting there on the city with a hot drink, so um, it ends up too tempting, so I'll have some, definitely. So if you're having chocolate or a biscuit or something like that, like what would be your go-to choice, and are you a dunker? Um, to be honest, I'm not much of a dunker. I would rather, would normally sit with, like, um, with some chocolate at the shop, so she'd probably get like, um, like a big, a big bar of Cadbury's or um, you know, big bag of Maltese or something like that. So no, I don't tend to dump my, my biscuits as much. Um, I probably did when I was a bit younger, but as I've got older, it's probably just more chocolate than, than Duncan. Superb. <laughs> Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? So that was Kevin Smith talking about all things biscuit related. Good to hear from our captain and his sweet tooth. So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Scotland. So how nice it is and probably a first on podcast history. I'm going to say across the board that we could talk about a positive week for the national team. Three wins in a week, which is probably less seen than a, a chocolate hippo. <laughs> but, you know, um, three good results performances I think that depends on which way you want to look at it excellent defensive performances um, but what's your thoughts Mike? Well I'm a very firm believer that I don't care how the 
the job gets done, as long as it gets done, as long as we've got the wins. If we grind out 1-0 victories by scoring and then holding on for grim life, I'm fine with that. I know it's not exciting to watch. I know it's not entertaining football. I don't care. As long as we get some wins and as long as we get back to a major tournament. And, I mean, I, I... tweeted this out on my account over here I thought I'd possibly died or gone into some kind of like alternate reality because in the last week the Whitecaps have won two games and Scotland won three and I was like I don't know what's happening here this is quite scary I'm not used to this well don't worry these five all brought you back crashing oh, air back with a bang <laughs> yeah yeah complete the reality um, but look you know we, we can't take it away I, I, I said at the time I felt Stevie Clark was the right man for the job the style of football is something I want to touch on a little bit. It's not sexy soccer. No. Um, it's not silky soccer like the old Bayview shout that we spoke about in a previous show. But it's effective. You know, at the end of the day, the results speak for themselves. Czech Republic aren't any mugs. Um, so that there's a definitely a good result there. Israel have got some good teams with the guy Dabu up front. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, these aren't muggy teams. But, I mean, we've walked away three wins from three. We've got through on penalties, which was the first time ever as a nation. The style of football, though, very Craig Brown-esque in terms of not good to watch, but effective. And if you want to think about Craig Brown being the last manager to get us to a a major tournament, maybe that's the way that Stevie Clark's trying to build us, make us more hard to beat rather than play attractive football and still lose. That crossed my mind, actually, during it. And I I think that's very valid points, Lee. I I think he feels the pressure of being this close to to taking us to to the finals. I think if we didn't have any chance, he might try a few things, be a bit more open. I mean, the Israel game, that was just nervy. That was both teams being nervy. And if you look at all the other results around those qualifying, so many of them went to extra time or went to penalties. And it was very nervy all round. And that's understandable. There's so much on the line. And in a lot of ways, it's going to spoil games as a spectacle because you don't want to make a mistake. Slovakia, Deserved to win that. I thought that was a, that was a, a good victory. The best result for me was beating the Czechs, who are a good, good team. And they took the lead early, and then they were holding on. And like the Czechs pummeled Scotland in that second half. They, I think it was six shots to one on target by by the end of the stats. And it's top defending. It's like you you can say okay, it wasn't pretty. They didn't launch many attacks. They defended well. And any team that's going to win a championship or any international team that's going to have success, you've got to have a solid defensive foundation. I mean, you look at the fact that we were missing some key guys and you had those call-offs through injuries, you had the call-offs through the COVID testing and then association with it. For that to come right before the biggest game that Scotland's faced for ages and to get three results in a week, I mean, you've got to give them all credit. Serbia is going to be a whole different thing. I don't know what it's going to be like if they're going to let fans in over there because I know some of the teams in Europe have been letting fans in. Norway, Serbia, I actually watched a a bit of that because that was on live TV here as well as the Scotland game. Norway were good. Serbia kind of, they sat back and they hit on the counter and they took advantages of the, the chances that they got. I think that's what we need to do in Serbia. But Norway had fans there and it was kind of weird seeing small pockets of fans at an international game. But if they don't have that in Serbia, I think it's a level playing field and I think we do have a chance. 
you've got to think, right, Norway have got a world-class player in, in Haaland in terms of attacking. Um, so, I mean, they're no mugs. And you look at the Serbian side, a very, very good side. Typical, going to be typical of that sort of Eastern European, hard to break down, very, very physical um, team to beat. You know, they've got Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who's played in Lazio for years. You know, big, strong defender, can score goals from distance. I, I still worry about us at the back, um, but you want to know what? Mr. Considine himself, the, the new Berezi, I'm hopeful that he can get a call up to to the squad. I think he's proven himself that he can't handle himself at that level, and I think that he he seemed to calm us down. Mm. Where maybe you know I've been a little bit shaky before. I'm still not sure McTominay should be anywhere near the the centre half position, but you know I, I I do feel that he he just took it in a stride. Yeah, I, there were some real standout performances. Dykes again it, it's like rising to the occasion and it's like I don't think a lot of folk would have pegged it. I mean, you look at the team though for these games and you're like, that's not, it doesn't look a quality team. We've had better teams on the pitch before that hasn't got the job done. So it's a, it's a case of like fighting spirit and, and they got it done and I'm excited for the Serbia game. I'm going into it not thinking we're going to get a victory. I mean, we're, we're in with a shout against Serbia it's early we don't know what the squad's going to look like are you feeling confident do you think we're going to do it we're going to get back to our first finals in 22 years no and I like to be an optimist yeah. you know that I do like to try and look at the positive side um, I think that as a nation our mentality is not strong enough I think that we'll probably cripple under the pressure um, and I think that looking at the Serbia squad I, I just think that they'll win all the individual battles across the pitch. They've got the better players. You've got to say that. We're in with a fighting chance if we can score early and do another thing like, like against the Czechs and basically just hold on. My head says no. My heart is saying yes. I don't want to get too excited about it and then sit and watch it and then I'm heartbroken. The good thing for me is I'm working that day and I don't think I can get out of the shift so I don't know whether to do watch the game and not know the result when I get home at night or just check the result and then know what I'm going to be watching. It's a, it's a tough one. If we're going to win it, I might get Caitlin to do it and just say, should I watch this alone so that you're not anywhere near me shouting abuse at the TV? Maybe not the worst idea you've ever had. Um, certainly a, a better idea than any of the, the music selections that you've played for us across the podcast. But T- look, Tonight's I, I really... was good. Nice, yeah. Um, you know, I think that I really, really want to be optimistic, Michael. I really, really, really do. But I, like you, my my heart's screaming for me to say we have a dream, but the head side of me is saying, look, it's it's going to be tough. Scotland's had dreams before, haven't they, Lee? Yes, they certainly have. And this week's wavelength is down to your old Dali here, and I kind of wanted to on the back of our excellent week as Scotland fans pick something that would maybe lift us a bit and continue to keep us going as a nation and let's talk about a dream the time that we dreamed before can we dream again let's find out Small voice 
Who's calling? To me? Your country is leading you. I... I just like that. And away. Away in the distance. I can just make out this ball coming in from the left. And I'm starting to run. To run like hell. And the voice is getting louder and louder and louder. Crying. Hey, Biggie! So that 
It was the 1982 World Cup squad, Lee, way before your time. I remember that so well. I remember watching that on top of the pops. And it was a fantastic performance from John Gordon Sinclair, B.A. Robertson hamming it up, all the the Scottish players singing along to that. That is a a tune. I've played that on wavelength over here. There's different kind of genres of football songs. And one of them is songs by football teams. And that is right at the top for me. It's one of the best all-time songs by any football team. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I still remember the first time that I heard it. And it was my dad's where we were going through to a Scotland game. And he started singing it. And I was like, what are you singing? He's like, have you never heard that song before? I was like... No. So I remember we got back from the Scotland game. Obviously, this was before the time, kids. Back in my day, we didn't have access to YouTube on our phones. Um, so we came back and we went onto the computer and I downloaded it illegally from Casa. Um, probably got about oh. 80 viruses um, back in the day. And Dad's like, you need to listen to it. And I was like, is that Ali McCoy singing that? He's like, no, but I could see why you could say that. But yeah, just just a, a great song. And it's just, you know what? It literally does tell a story, but in such an amazing way. And the, the, when the pipes come in, it's just it's just a great song. It really is like, all around a fantastic song. And that's why I picked it. Yeah, that was a fantastic selection. I really, really liked that. I'm going to try and come up with something then next week that that ties in with that uh, a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what I come up with. Be interesting to see that, but I think that I'm definitely winning in the stakes of best songs because I think Andy Cole outstanding. That'll be a hard one to beat as well. Hmm. I that, that is okay, but that's not a football song. It's a song by a footballer. I like my songs about football. No, we'll see. We'll see what you come up with next week. So, Michael, let's get delve deep into our sack this week in our mailbag section. So, first bulging. of all, it's a bulging sack indeed. So, first of all, insert. You know, sad Hulk music. We had another email. Oh, not again! Because when I did that last week, I bollocks it up. <laughs> yeah, well, just don't 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 mess it up this week. Yeah. So um, another apology that we need to make is to Alan Rankin, another person that messaged us on Facebook that I forgot to to. Uh, uh, not us, to you. I I know I have access to it, but I'm blaming you. Uh, yeah. So like, you're, you're a young hip now. social media person. Yeah, but if it comes through an email as well, then you've really no excuse. But anyway... Well, I do, because I never check it, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go through some of Alan and his wife Marion's choices um, for best 11s, but we've also got a a couple of other sections. So he's gone for his favourite hard man, and I know how much you enjoy a hard man. Yes, I do. We'll we'll pick his one, and he's gone for Stevie Kirk. So what's your thoughts on that? Hmm. That's interesting, because I never think of Stevie as being a hard man. I, I had him more as kind of a skillful midfielder. He, he commanded the centre of the pitch. That's interesting. Like, in my memories, which are obviously getting worse and worse these days as I get older, I don't I don't see him as a hard man. I'd, I, interesting to get some thoughts of some other other folk from that era. Would you class Stevie Kirk as a hard man? He's, he's a bit before my time, isn't he? So he's, he's not somebody that I, I could really say, but he has justified it. So mm. during the 80s, when um, he played with wee Tom McCafferty, Stevie would be his minder. When Tom mm. took a bad tackle, we would shout the uh, shout from the terrace in, number 10, Stevie, and I guarantee within two minutes, Stevie Kirk would have dished out his retribution in that hard man style. So 
there you go. I don't remember that, but I do, like, now that he mentioned that, I do remember, like, him and McCaffrey, he was kind of like the enforcer a little bit in that midfield. Yeah. And here's another one that Alan brought up, and I'll be interested to see if you remember this. And I'll apologize, uh, apologize again for not saying this earlier because it was a good point. Do you remember in around the two the sort of early two th- to mid two thousands, we weren't coming out to Telstar? Do you remember yeah, what we, song we came out to? Oh, it was one of those shitty pop things, but I can't remember what it was. Boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy. Oh, it wasn't that then. Oh, I do remember that now, but yeah. I could have sworn there was... Maybe I'm thinking of a gold song that we played, actually. Black and gold, black and gold. Yeah, we went for a stage uh, playing that. But, yeah, the um, Alan brought that up about us coming out to Thin Lizzy, and he said that he's mentioned it to people and nobody seems to remember. But I remember that quite vividly. No, I do know that you've mentioned that, yeah. The boys are back in town. Yeah. Um, give me a tell star any day of the week, though. Not much Le- other. Leslie just... Crowther's son-in-law, Phil Lynott. That's probably a joke I don't get. So, well, no, it's not a to... joke. It's like Leslie. You don't, you don't know who Leslie Crowther is, do you? No idea. Look, you're meant to understand my references because nobody here does. <laughs> my apologies. I need some Explain, old folk on the show. Yeah, Let's get Doug back on. Yeah, exactly. He is in chat. So we're going to go to all-time elevens now. So Alan's all-time eleven was Gordon Marshall, Greg McDonald, Gary Naismith. Julian is a good Jim McLaren, Stevie Campbell, Bobby Lynn, Dev Muir, Kev Smith, Paul McManus, and Gordon Judy. Oh, so, I like that. That's that's a very good team. That's a good team. And his wife Marion, who's also got a season uh, ticket. So she's gone for Michael Brown, um, Greg McDonald, Gary Naismith, Johnny Smart, Daryl Meggett, Paul Stewart. It's a random one, Pat Slattery, and Dunsmore, Stevie Nicholas. Paul McManus and Kevin Smith. He told me not to say it. Um, but <laughs> you're going to anyway. I'm going to anyway. He said, most of these are based on looks rather than ability. Don't say this on air or she'll kill me. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, sorry, Alan, um, but, you know, if, you, if you're going to collar me for, for not calling you out in the show, I'm going to read everything that you said word for word, mate. So I, it makes sense why a few of those players are in that team. <laughs> well, I, I've, got, I've got a question for you. Who was who was the other centre-back? Who was the second centre-back there? Daryl Meggett. So no uh, recollection of him at all. Who's he? <laughs> Genuinely, he, I don't remember who he is. He played for us a couple of seasons back. He's just played out, uh, went out to Darvo. Right. Um, he's a good player, by the way. Handsome man, but makes sense. Mm. Um, so there we go and that's that part of the mailbag and then we got another email through um, from our good friend Eric Brown hello Eric um, here's a website that might help Lee with his knowledge of the older players and it includes info up until 2013-2014 as the guy who compiled it uh, that was compiling it all passed away so this was www.neilbrown.newcastlefans.com oh, um, I did not know he'd passed away. Like I used that site a lot and I just thought he'd stopped updating it. Oh man. Like I used that way back as well. So there you go. And thanks very much for that, Eric, because I have looked at it and there is definitely uh, some good information yes. in there. And I think I'm going to need that for when we bring back who are you next week. Um, yeah. Following on from that, though, is it said, also, now that you've got Stephen Mill involved, how about a weekly or monthly Did You Know segment where Stephen could tell us some East 5 trivia, a bit Ooh, like, like AFTM's old A to Z. Mm. Now, that's a double-ended idea for me because I think that we could do uh, A to Z of players. Um, Z? You know, 
Yeah. When did you become like American? It's Z. A to Z. A to Z. Locker room. Have we switched places? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that again. Um, a bit like AFTN's A to Z. Do you want to know what that'll be? It's all Ailey's YouTube videos that are all of them in American. See some of the Americanisms I come away with. Like she said to me the other day, oh, well, I put this in the trash. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and she, she says that something cost $10 the other day. I was like, no. Oh, well, that's okay, because I say things cost pounds here, and it's it's really weird when you're, when you're doing that, like, if you're watching something from one country, because I still watch loads of UK shows, so sometimes I really have no idea, genuinely, like, what country I'm living in, it's so confusing. Yes, so, a bit like AFTN's old A to Z. Um, I'll be keeping all this in, by I- the way. Oh, no, fuck you, don't do that. <laughs> a bit like AFTN's old A to Z. Um, where, you know, maybe we, we could pick a, a player or a stadium or a memory from the A to Z. Mm. Um, and what the fans could maybe do is for the upcoming week, they could send in the suggestions for the letter. So next week, we'll start with A. Who could it be? Could it be Archibald? Could it be Aberdeen? They went up there. There's loads of different possibilities for each letter. Okay. I think that could be a, a, a tasty little segment. Well, when I did the A to Z, X and Z were like, problematic so at least we don't have to worry about that for about 24 weeks so we're, we're fine yeah julian eggs the big web <laughs> yeah, now, interestingly because you've mentioned him a couple of weeks in a row now i've never mentioned him because i don't know how to pronounce his last name so i just steer clear to him altogether x the big very good all about we, that mate. one of the guys that do the show with here steve Whenever we're doing something and it's a player that's got a really difficult name, I give it to him in the rundown to mention because he always butchers it and then we just take the piss out of him. Whereas I couldn't have said it myself. Yeah, well, he's so consistent. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. Yeah, that's right then. So that's the end of this week's mailbag. Thank you so much to the contributors. And again, apologies to, to Alan. Um, uh, another thing is, is I do want to call out about the right backs. Um, you know, oh, the, yes. It doesn't seem to be coming in as, as much as what the, the left back one does. Maybe we're not pushing that enough on social media. So we're going to put out one final um, rally cry this week to, to pick your right backs. Greg McDonald's the one that's had the most mentions so far. But if you've got any other suggestions, put them up. I'm going to put them in a poll this week and we'll make a decision based from that. Apart from that, of course, any of the other segments or any other questions, just pop us an email at glorydaysofgold at gmail.com if you've got anything that you want to add for the coming up show. Or if you want to be involved in East Fife Fan TV, big thanks once again to Doug Perry and Luke Aitken, who were great guests on the show. So thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us. I've just got one last fun segment to bring you before we round up. Let's find out what is Bobby Lynn's favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? If you're at home, you decide you want to have some toast or a muffin or a crumpet and you're going to have some jam on it. What's your favourite jam? 
<laughs> my favourite job. These are questions you'll never get in any other interview. No. That's why we started doing this. <laughs> Your girlfriends. <laughs> Sorry, guys, he's asked me. So Leave that in. Leave that in. I will. <laughs> I've been asking that question since 2012, and no one's ever answered that. <laughs> right, next one, next one. Let's like, What's your favourite jam? Well, Bobby Lynn there, putting a whole different twist in the section. We're only two weeks in, and trusted Dundonian to take the levels down. But that's Bobby Lynn talking about his favourite jam. But that's pretty much it for the show tonight, Lee. And again, thank you to this week's sponsors. Big up to, to Gordon Henderson. Um, Gordon sponsored this uh, the, the three shows a few weeks ago, so a huge thank you to him for that. And also to our new sponsor, Style a Chair um, Event Decor. So a huge thank you to Ewan and Laura. Yep, thanks so much for the support, guys. That's it for this week's show, Lee. Yes, it is. So huge thank you. Um, I'm sorry that they're our first show with a, a league game couldn't be one that was a bit more positive in terms of an East Fife result. But as always, if you want to find me online, you can find me on Twitter at LeeG1903. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, just by searching my name, which is Lee Gillis. Where can our listeners find you, Michael? I searched your name and I was surprised at some of the results that came up on Google. But that's it for another day. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada at AFTN website and check out both our sites AFTN.co.uk for all your East Fife stuff and AFTN.ca for MLS and North American stuff but that's it for this week thanks once again to everybody that was involved until next week stay safe stay alert control the virus wear a mask and more importantly Mon the Fife Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.